All right, welcome in another episode of the Hot Grits Podcast, episode 124. I'm Travis Shadon, Spencer Maddox with me in studio again today. Got a lot to get to, but first, you guys know the drill. Coach's Corner is the number one sports bar in Savannah, and they are our number one sponsor here on the Hot Grits Podcast. Check them out Monday through Friday lunch specials. Spaghetti on Mondays, I can vouch for that one. 3016 East Victory Drive, if you want to call ahead, it's 912 352-2933. Also find them www.coaches.net, the perfect place to watch all-star week festivities for Major League Baseball, the perfect place this fall to watch your football, and a great place to get some hot wings, cold beers, and to check out 136 trillion televisions all over the wall. There are sports literally plastered on the wall at Coach's Corner. Tell the owner, John Henderson, we sent you and they will hook it up on that bill. Uh, go check out Rubbin' and Grubbin' with Brandon Bain. It's the NASCAR show on Wednesday nights. You can find that on YouTube. Um, they have all the episodes archived there. So that's Rubbin' and Grubbin' with Brandon Bain on Wednesday nights um, and archived on YouTube. Carl DeMossi on Coach's Corner Facebook page Wednesday nights, Saturday mornings. That's local sports. Uh, a lot of interviews. He had uh, Sean Herb on last week talking golf match they can't get us off their minds check out carl's show on the facebook page as well as on youtube all the archived episodes um, and on the coach's corner facebook page then who is on first base baseball podcast that's with kyle lawson who is like a baseball encyclopedia and our guy carl so those are the coach's corner sports network shows and that is coach's corner the number one sports bar in savannah all right let's get after it for a 124th time, Hot Grits Podcast. Ain't nobody gonna this your boy Campbell. I mean, I've always kind of believed in aliens. I don't know if I believe in flying saucers. Ain't nobody gonna rip like You might as well just walk up to Cupid while he's on his lunch break, you know, cranking heat or something. Yeah. Him right in the face. Punch some little baby right in. We'll see that. We're almost uh, three minutes into our sports podcast and yet to bring up not one sport. Roll out. Come on, You over there. All right, welcome back for another episode of the Hot Grits Podcast. Uh, Spencer, you want to start with British Open this past weekend? Yeah, let's jump right into the British Open. I uh, well, briefly, I, let's provide some context, I guess. Okay. I uh, I went out last night, dude, and I hadn't been out in a long time. Sunday uh, night. Sunday night. Yeah. Wow. My uh, little cousin was turning twenty-one. I wanted to be there for it. It was cool. Um. Everyone was like, oh, my God, we haven't seen you in so long. And I'm like, I was having a good time, but I quickly remember this morning why I don't go out anymore. Like, yeah, dude, you, I you was in can't actual, party like you're 21 no. just because somebody's turning 21. <laughs> I was in actual pain, dude. I'm like slowly – I am I feel better now, but it's almost 6 in the evening. So, I mean, yeah. it took that long, bro. The recovery was, rate is not as, not as quick oh, when you turn man. 30. Oh, man. Yeah, and you're t- about to turn 30. I turn 30 in 10 days, bro. Oh, man. You going to go out? No. You won't be ready by then. Well, uh, Still yeah. be recovering from this. <laughs> I'll probably, uh, I-, I think we're doing dinner or something. I don't know. I don't I don't know. Who knows? Hell yeah. That sounds like a 30-year-old thing to do. They'll probably drag me out, but I don't want to. The mysterious day. Yeah. Well, you know, everyone that's going to a dinner. I went out by myself to a pooler bar this past weekend. How was that? Well, it's what you would expect if you go out by yourself to a bar and pool it 
Um, you just got bored? Yeah, it was a bar. I won't say the name of it, but it rhymes with Schmoochmeggers. Okay. So um, it wasn't great. They had Kino all over the place, like on the screens, and then no Kino slips anywhere. So clearly the bartenders were not interested in me taking their money that night. Um, all right, well, so funny. British Open, you picked so you picked Rory, JT, and Sweet Lou Oostin. Yeah. And it looked like I picked better for three straight rounds, right? Like, until. Yeah, literally until the final round. I picked Cam Smith, Jordan Spieth, Sam Burns. So Burns and Lou Oostin cancel each other out. Spieth finished way better than Jordan Thomas or Justin Thomas and Cam Smith won the whole shebang. Yeah, so I'll 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 concede this one to you. You win. Yeah, the golf media was so depressed. Like they didn't say this, but you could just tell. Even the broadcast, they everyone was so depressed that Rory didn't win. Yeah, I know. Like everybody was rooting for Rory. I mean, for all the right reasons too, man. Like he's like the superhero right now. He's like standing up for the PGA. Yeah, he's like I the mean, uh, like the prince of the tour. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I'm cool with that too. Like I became a bigger Rory fan after all this. I think I, I mean, like we'll Rory. I think he's my favorite international player. Yeah, you tend to root for the Americans, obviously. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and the only reason I was rooting for Cam Smith on Sunday was because I picked Cam Smith last yeah. week on the episode. <laughs> that was literally the only reason. And then you picked. Rory, so I was actively rooting against Rory against him. Um, you think you don't have a heart, dude? You think that you could break one hundred at St. Andrews? Absolutely. Well, you came in and you said, "I th- I really think I could break one twenty. I was like, "Break one twenty, bro." Yeah, just hit three irons. Like, pop, pop, pop. you don't. You're not like giving it enough credit that it's I, a professional. It's like a professional major tournament this isn't the john deere classic i know but all you all you got to do to break 100 is just keep it in the like don't even touch driver just keep it in the fairway but the dude, you time. have shot it's not that uncommon for you to shoot in the 90s yeah like it doesn't happen most of the time but it happens like yeah. once every four or five times right lately, lately it's been almost every time okay so you could never break 100 but dude i mean if i had if i had some time to like practice come up with a game plan for saying right. yes i'm breaking 100 at st andrews dude and these courses like get played by common people throughout the year, and they break hundred all the yeah, time. Yeah, but not in major conditions. Okay, so that's the that's the stipulation that's that the I have to play yeah. just like that. I, yeah, I I still think I could do it. I think I got it, dude. You would have it to would, play. I would play. A... I would have to play my balls off, but I I could do it. Yeah, you'd have to play your absolute balls off, and I got you down at a one hundred and seven. <laughs> You're handicapping it at one hundred and seven. That's not yeah. that far off from breaking a hundred. So you don't think there's any shot that I could break 100 if I, like, went out and played well at St. Andrews. No. <laughs> Whatever. No. From the from the tournament tees and tournament conditions, like, if you played St. Andrews on Sunday and you striped the ball really well, you shoot 107. That's what would happen. Whatever, dog. Oh, they tried to make it out to Whatever. be like it was Augusta National the whole time. Like, oh, this is the greatest, like, this is the most prized tournament in all of golf. And meanwhile, dudes are shooting like 64 on <laughs> Sunday. Like, it's cool. There's history there. It ain't Augusta. Yeah. It ain't that. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, it is. Isn't it one of the oldest golf courses in the world, though? Like, yeah, it's the home of golf. And it yeah. was the 150th. Oh, I, like, I get all that. But let's not, like, I feel like people were prisoners of the moment 
watching it. Yeah. And like some of the things that were happening would never ever be able to happen at Augusta National. Yeah. Period. Uh, Tiger's last go around. Did you see that the video of him walking over the bridge to the standing ovation and everything? No. So they treated it. That, that doesn't surprise me that you didn't see that. They treated it like it was Jack Nicholas at age seventy-five. Yeah, leaving San like Andrews. he's like never gonna play there again. Basically, it, that is the last time that he'll play there, where he's like, reason like where he's reasonably priced to win, right? He yeah. was he was like sixty to one this yeah. week. He'll never be double digits again to one. Like I think at St. Andrews because you're talking seven years from now. Oh yeah, 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 yeah that's true. You I didn't know? even think about that. But he might go back one last time and announce beforehand. This is it. Yeah. You know? Seven years, man. How old will he be in seven years? In his 50s. Like, comfortably, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I think. He could still win in his 50s, dude. Especially yeah. Phil, there. Phil Mickelson did it. Yeah. Yeah. If he can do it, anybody well, I mean, can do it. Phil Mickelson also didn't break both of his legs, but. Right. I mean, we'll see. He looks like he's, his body looks like it's holding up, man. It is, but the swing, you can just tell it's becoming more and more of an old guy swing. Yeah. It's still a Tiger Woods swing, but like if they side-by-side him and Rory, like it's the gap is widening. And yeah. it's not because Rory's getting that much better. It's because Tiger's just getting older. I saw him uh, outdrive Justin Thomas Yeah. on Instagram. Yeah, that was, that was funny. He said, uh, he said that he would beat Justin Thomas um, head-to-head at St. Andrews. That didn't happen. <laughs> So he misses the cut. That's the four majors are done for this year. Um, that's Scotty Scheffler, Justin Thomas wins the PGA, Matt Fitzpatrick U.S. Open, and then um, Cam. Now Cam Smith. Yeah, and the thing is, dude, Cam Smith is a likable dude. Like he was talking about drinking beers. Oh yeah, he's extremely likable with the mullet. Yeah, Australians just in like naturally. Come off as likable, I think, to Americans. Except for Greg Norman. Yeah, 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 fuck that guy. It's something about the accent, dude, and uh, like their general like attitude towards life tends to be, I don't know, right, likable, similar to Hawaiians, like Mahalo, Mahalo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Plus, there's like been plenty of videos where Cam Smith will just finish a round at like a random PGA Tour event, and then he'll just go grab his tackle box and his fishing rod, and just head out to like the number seven pond. And just start fishing. <laughs> like, I can get on board with that. I can get on board with that. Um, Cam Young ruined Rory McIlroy's time. Like, nobody cared if Mac finished or Rory finished second or third. But the fact is that that's a significant yeah. difference. Jump, yeah. And the guy who is sponsored by Major League Baseball with a little MLB patch on his sleeve, Cameron Young, comes in second place at the British Open. So funny, dude, that he... I didn't even realize that he was actually sponsored by Major League Baseball. What's the story behind that? It just... No idea. That's no crazy. Idea. But he's just always wondering on there. Not a team or anything like that. Yeah, can you imagine just if, the like, league. the NBA... <laughs> yeah, the NBA sponsored, like, I don't know, a football team. You know what I mean? Like, they, right. they just had their logo, the NBA logo, while all this is going on. And, oh, by the way, baseball is in season right now. It's not like they're, like... Right. They're, like, direct competitors. Yeah, I don't know. That's just wild to me. Well, he represented the league well. He yeah. represented Major League Baseball well. Um, and Major League Baseball in the news this week, Spencer, because the All-Star game is here. The All-Star break is here in Los Angeles. And it gives us a moment to reflect back 12 months ago 
or a little longer than that now, I guess, when Major League Baseball inexplicably decided to move the All-Star Game out of the city of Atlanta, um, citing problems uh, with the state's Election Integrity Act. Okay, we remember this. We talked about it a lot, I feel like, in, in the time leading up to it and the time you know, right after the decision was made. Now, a year later, what we thought at the time has turned out thus far to be true. And that is this, that Major League Baseball moving the All-Star game out of Atlanta was not because the league wanted to fix perceived flaws in the law in the integrity voting law. Okay, when they moved the game out of Atlanta, that's what they made it seem like, was that they're doing this in order to help change something that they didn't think was right. That hasn't happened. Nothing has changed since Major League Baseball decided to move the game out of Atlanta. And to that end, Georgia lawmakers and a couple of representatives from the state, including Buddy Carter from this area, wrote a letter July 18th to Robert Manfred. I'm going to read just two portions of this quickly. It's like a three-page letter. Um, But this is the key part that I wanted people to hear. So, dear Robert Manfred Jr., as the 2022 Major League Baseball All-Star Game approaches next week, we write to you to understand how MLB will redress the harm caused to the state of Georgia by moving the 2021 MLB All-Star Game out of the state in reaction to baseless attacks on the state's Election Integrity Act. Okay, then they cite, um, then they cite statistics from the May election. Uh, some of those statistics were more than 850,000 Georgians cast a ballot this spring. Uh, that represents a 168% increase over the 2018 election, which was, you know, obviously pretty controversial. In fact, the primary turnout represented 212% jump over the last presidential primary year in 2020. African-American voters cast even more early vote ballots during this year's primary election than they did in 2018, which proves that the election security increases public's faith. All right, one more passage here, and then we'll talk about it for a second. Quote, based on these facts and the lack of any specific criticism in your statements, Mr. Commissioner, it is evident that you either did not fully review the text of the Election Integrity Act or you willfully mischaracterized the law. This carelessness contributed to further political, politicalization of sports, America's pastime that has long served as a unifying force and has harmed Georgians, end quote. So that's a strongly worded letter. Fire, dude. And I agree. Came with it. I agree with almost all of that. Again, I don't know what the right thing to do is as far as what election laws should be doing and should not be doing, but that's not for Major League Baseball to decide. Wait, and you mean you don't know uh, like what the law should be? I don't know. That makes you the only person on earth because everyone has such a strong opinion. Right, about, exactly. It's ridiculous, But dude. see, like I have an opinion of it, but I'm not dumb enough to think that I'm smart yeah. enough to start talking about legislation. And yeah. Robert Manfred certainly isn't smart enough or filled in enough to be trying to influence legislation by moving an all-star game out of the city. And now a year later... He refuses to address it. He refuses to right any wrongs. And this week at the All-Star Game, he'll be around a lot of media. And I'm hoping that someone will put him to task and ask him, A, 
Mr. Manfred, are you planning on responding to the Georgia lawmakers letter that you have not responded to yet? He also declined Fox News's request and the Associated Press's request for comment. Manfred did. Uh, so is anyone going to hold him to task and is anyone going to get answers for it? Because when the decision was made, they were willing and ready to put out a statement, to show their support, to do all this stuff. They weren't hiding from any of it. In fact, they were doing the opposite. And now crickets, crickets. They owe this state an answer, I think. And I'm glad that somebody like Buddy Carter, I don't agree with, like I would say a majority of the things that come from the Georgia state legislator, especially the right wing portion. But I fully agree with this. I fully agree with this. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm completely on board. It was a farce that the All-Star game got moved to begin with. It's, they don't care about the voting rights. That's just... Or, Are you a, surprised a that they no. haven't responded or anything? No, no, I'm not surprised. This is, this is just how life is in 2022 now, man. Like, you deal with one crisis. If you're a corporation, you deal with one crisis and move on to the next, and you're just like, okay, we agree with, you know, whatever. Even if it's not the majority of people, just to to seem whatever like you're in causes the, right. the least amount of hassle for yeah. the league. Yeah, it's, and, uh, it's a joke, man. Yeah, and so that's why take this as a learning opportunity as a fan. I think let this shape when something like this happens in the NFL or the NBA or Major League Baseball six months from now, two years from now, five years from now. Just remember that whatever they tell you at the time, they don't care. The professional sports leagues don't care about the legislation in our states. They care about the bottom line and they care about not having hassle. And what was the real risk to baseball to le- to having the game in Atlanta? Basically nothing, right? Like it's not like people were going to strike. No, no, the, but there was going to be a lot of bad press about it. There was going to be a lot of bad press about it. That was it. Like, how they just connect- did it to avoid the hassle. Yeah, but you can't even connect the two. Like baseball and voting rights, not there there's not, nothing there. Yeah. There's nothing there. So like I don't know I don't know. I don't even know if anyone would have asked about it if they hadn't, if they hadn't like made a point to leave in the beginning. You know what I mean? It's not like right. it's not like lots of tons of people were calling for them to leave. If they just would have ignored those calls, you know what I mean? They would have been fine. But coming up with a statement and I don't know, man. It's just a farce. It's a yeah. farce, and and it's a wrong that'll never get righted. But I am glad that Buddy Carter and those guys are, uh, you know, putting putting Manfred to task. Here's a statement, and then we'll move on, from Major League Baseball, April 2nd, 2021, when they decided to move the game. Now, this is a lengthy statement, so clearly they had a lot to say about it at the time. In 2020, MLB became the first professional sports league to join the nonpartisan Civic Alliance to help build a future in which everyone participates in shaping the United States. Now, Major League Now Major League Baseball is shaping the United States, folks. We encourage fair access to voting rights. And we hope that this continues to have... Wait, yeah. Fair access to voting continues to have our game's unwavering support. We will continue with our plans to celebrate Hank Aaron during this season's All-Star festivities. In addition, MLB planned investments to support local communities in Atlanta as a part of legacy projects. We are finalizing a new host city, blah, blah, blah. I've decided the best way to demonstrate our values as a sport is by relocating this year's All-Star game. Fuck off. That's how you demonstrated your values. Fuck off, man. So they need to answer for it. I doubt they will, but I'm glad Buddy Carter and those people 
actually wrote a letter, a strongly worded letter, might I add. That gets me just as mad as it did a year ago. Yeah. Reading that, like, I'm every bit as mad. The Prep Sports Report has been delivering local sports news one way or another for 20 plus years. Where can you find stories and information about the most outstanding student athletes in the Savannah area? PrepSportsReport.com. That's where. Led by our guy Carl Demasi and former area sports reporter Stephen Weeks, the Prep Sports Report is a reimagined website that wants to celebrate young men and women who are setting the high school sports standard in Savannah and surrounding areas. Go check out PrepSportsReport.com today. Go like Prep Sports Report on Facebook and follow them on Twitter at PrepSAV. PrepSportsReport.com, your number one source for local Savannah high school sports news. Savannah Baseball Performance Academy at Five Mall Terrace in Savannah is a climate-controlled environment with high-tech technology for baseball and softball players looking to improve their game. It's not just for memberships, although they offer great memberships. You can come in one time, use the batting cages, pay the fee, and leave. Our guy Ross Howard has really a unique thing going and something that Savannah has been missing for a long time. SBPASports.com. SBPASports.com. All right, well, All-Star Game this week, Home Run Derby Monday night, so we won't really address that because it will have already happened. Um, I don't give a shit about the Tuesday night All-Star Game. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to watch. Um, but I think a couple of those, Young Handsome got in the game, as we thought he would. Arenado, quote-unquote, injured, a.k.a. he probably wants to spend a few days in Cabo or yeah, wherever. he doesn't feel like playing. Uh, Max Fried's not going to pitch, he said, so I'm A-OK with that. Yeah. Definitely cool with that. He he looks like he's a little gassed right now. Like the past couple times he's been out. Yeah. He's like still played well, but like man, not what we're used to at this point. Yeah. Plus you can get him just the extra days. I mean, I think I think he's still going to LA. I'm pretty sure about that, but I he won't be playing. So I think he'll be in uniform and get to go out and get announced and everything like that. Yeah. So the Braves have six all stars, including Austin Riley. That's the most since twenty ten. Um do you want to talk anything about the All-Star game at all, or do you just want to talk second half? Uh, we'll talk second half. I uh, Just quickly, are you going to watch the game at all? Um, yeah, I will. I will. I mean... I won't. I'm not going to, like... I probably won't watch all nine innings. It is, like... It does tend to be the most competitive of all the All-Star games. Oh, it is, like, for sure. 100%. But... It still doesn't mean Jack. No. It's boring. And, like, you remember when they tried to, uh, like make it matter with, like, the whole World Series home. home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. That I can't believe that was actually a thing for a minute. Like, yeah. But I, I don't... Not, like, for a short time either. There was, like, a few years, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, several, several seasons. Yeah. Um, Crazy. Mike Trout also not going to play in the game. That's notable because he goes on the injured list today. The Angels come to Atlanta to open up the second half Friday night. So I would expect... Damn. I would expect Shohei Otani to be starting certainly one of those games, possibly Friday night in Atlanta, yeah. Shohei Otani. And the Angels and Mike Trout, by the way, never played at in Atlanta. Really? Never. They came one time, he was hurt, and then with all the scheduling changes, they were due to come in 2020. 
COVID changed that. And now this year they'll come to Atlanta and my trout back on the injured list. It's it's pretty sad, dude. We a few of us were talking about going up and seeing him just because like never seen him. Yeah, well, I mean, you'll probably never get the chance to see him either. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe and, next year when they start the where you play every team. Yeah. Because there's a DH in both leagues finally. And he's one of those dudes, man. Like he's like a Michael Jordan or a LeBron, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it is like just a spectacle to watch him play and to at least tell people like later on that you saw him, you know. Can I say something? I don't feel like I'm going to have to tune in and make sure that I'm watching when Albert Pujols or Miguel Cabrera have their final all-star game at that, like when the whole stadium stands up and they just don't, I know they are those guys, but they don't feel like those guys to me. Like, Eh. you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they're first ballot hall of famers, but they're not, I'm just, I just don't feel like I'm going to have to Yeah, watch it's him. not like King Griffey Jr. Or, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's definitely not like Mike Trout. But I guess it's maybe it's because Mike Trout has played for like a significant portion of Albert Pujols' career, and he just did mm-hmm. it better, you know? I also think there's something to the fact that, that, well, I don't know if Albert Pujols is American or not. Miguel Cabrera, definitely not. Um, but there's something to that, too. Like, Derek Jeter, if he's... You know, his last game in the All-Star game, Cal Ripken, I'll, I'll never forget that. Yeah. When A-Rod came out and made him play shortstop. They've also both been pretty bad for a while now. It's yeah. not like It's not like uh, David Ortiz where he was just like a stud even in his last right. years. He, David Ortiz could probably be playing now. You know what I mean? Like right. he retired like on the top of his game. Um, these guys suck now. Like I think Miggy's hitting well, but like his OPS is in the gutter. They so, shouldn't be All-Stars, and it's the yeah, first time they would have legacy stuff. Yeah. So it's like... They shouldn't be all-stars. They probably shouldn't be playing anymore. Uh, maybe no. not both of them. And but. Albert Pujols shouldn't, certainly shouldn't be in Monday night's home run derby, but no. that, that has potential to be a very bad take if by the time this episode comes out, he wins. No way, dude. No he's not. He's not going to win. No he's not going to win. I hope Ronnie Acuna gets eliminated round one against Pete Alonso. Yeah, I, I don't really understand what he's doing there, uh, personally. Yeah, it's important. I mean, he said he said – Last year, I think before that, it's he thinks it's important to to like be a part of this kind of stuff while he still can, because you're not going to do it like guys like Mac, Mike Trout could still do it. They're yeah, not, they're not dinosaurs, but you can't. You have to take all that extra time to rest once yeah. you get to that age. So I don't think Acuna is going to do it for the next five years, but he'll probably do it this year and maybe one or two more times. Um, Juan Soto turned down. Four hundred and forty crazy dollars, buttload of money, and he can't get that kind of money from another team, can he? I don't think so. I think when he turned it down, he wasn't thinking I'm going to get a lot more, yeah, than four forty. But I do think that he can get close to it. I think Mookie Betts right now is the second highest paid outfielder, and he's at four fifteen with Mike Trout. At four thirty-five, four fifty, something like that. So I think you would slot Juan Soto in just above the Mookie Betts contract, maybe like four twenty. But but maybe Juan Soto deserves a little credit here because maybe he won't do what Mike Trout did and sign a long-term deal for historic money with a franchise that is telling you this will be a lengthy re- rebuild. So maybe he's prioritizing winning over the excess $20 million. He's not prioritizing it over $400 million. Yeah. But the different, like if he had the choice between 440 in Washington or, or, you know, 415, 
in, say, L.A., New York. Not the Yankees. I mean the Mets. Yeah. And that's well, the main it, thing. He can't go to the NL East. We cannot would, have that. It would be an absolute disaster if he went to the Mets. I would actually consider the Mets a good team. That would suck. Um, But I, I think it's incredibly likely he ends up a Yankee. I, it just feels like a guy Maybe. that's going to end up a Yankee. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the trade deadline is August 2nd. They have till then. And notably, the Yankees don't have the highest payroll in baseball. I don't even think they're top 10. Like, they're... It's not like a huge payroll year for them. And they've been that way for probably two or three years now, right? Yeah, they so, well, I mean, like yeah, maybe like five years ago. Now they made a conscious effort to sort of move. They're not going to be small market. Yeah, but they were outspending people by fifty million dollars every year. They're not doing that anymore. Yeah. Um, so I think it's interesting to watch what's what happens with Soto. He's so far above and beyond the rest of the market that I'm not sure it's going imp- to like. If a guy like Tommy Pham, who's readily available on the market, that Juan Soto being available is not going to impact the market for Tommy Pham. Yeah. Even though they're the same position. Um, so how, how this relates to the Braves, I would say, is I do think that if, if somehow Soto goes to the Mets, I think the Braves would have to respond to that in some sort of way and make themselves better if they weren't already planning on that. But there's other teams like the Padres who are, you know, right there with the Braves in the wild card. Other teams in the National League, like if the Dodgers get them, it's over. But, you know, I don't know that the Braves really... I would say the Mets would be the worst case scenario, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Easy. I mean, it's Easy. Depending on who goes You got to play him all that, you know, that many times. And he's on a good team. It's not like he's just stuck in... Washington, where they're not doing anything. Yeah, we'd have to listen to those dumbass fans. Just the idea of a Soto, Acuna, Harris outfield, though. It'll never happen, but how sick would that be, dude? Like, easily the most athletic outfield. Well, we can can play around with that for a second if you want. I I would think any trade involving the... This is absolute hypothetical and will never happen, but it's fun to think about, I guess. I think Michael Harris would have to be involved. Yeah. And going back to Washington. But would you do that if you're a Braves fan now? If I told you Mike Harris, uh, Mike Harris, they don't need a catcher because they have Kibet Ruiz. He's their young catcher they got from the Dodgers. Maybe Mike Harris, Spencer Strider, Kyle Muller. Like, is that something? Do, do you keep Soto long term in that scenario? Or right. is he a and then, that's, that's another thing. Yeah. Well, he's not coming up to be a free agent next year yeah like you still have two more years oh well then yeah run it yeah i think i would I, trade just about any three players on the break like would you trade dansby mike harris and strider no that's giving away a lot that's giving away a lot yeah it's giving away a young lot. young guys though get see ya have a have a nice career it's it's dude it's juan soto like, yeah he's he's another acuna He's just he's every bit as good as Ronald Acuna. So yeah, and I mean he's having a better year than Acuna now. I think. Would you trade Acuna straight up? No, you can't because that contract that Acuna's on is so team friendly. Awesome. And I mean, I personally think Acuna's better. Just like, so do I. I think he's just more dynamic. But like Juan Soto, people will look at the base slash line. Yeah. And it's like he's one of the players in the league where that's not enough. To reflect how good he is. Yeah. Bryce Harper's similar, I think. There are other guys in the league that have the same slash line as Soto, if not better. 
But Soto is like a generational type of guy. Yeah. You know what He's I mean? He's a stud. Um, all right. Well, so Braves second half thoughts, notes. I think I wrote this week for my column and Connect that there's three questions, issues, et cetera, facing the Braves in the second half. We don't have to talk about all three, but maybe you can pick one that interests you most. My first one would be the return of the three injured players. When they return, how they fare, and how they fit in. In other words, who goes down when they come back. So Albies looks like late August, early September. Remember, I told you guys that first. Kirby Yates on a rehab assignment already. He's due to come back soon. I would think first week of August for Kirby Yates, if not sooner. So that's a right-handed arm that hasn't pitched since 2019, but he had like a one-something ERA that year and had almost 40 saves. Okay, so Kirby Yates, Ozzy Albies, then Mike Soroka looming over. So I think that's one question is those three guys returning, how will that look? How will that fare? Question number two is probably directly related to the first one. And what, ha- what the answer is to the first one is, what will Alex Anthopoulos do ahead of the August 2nd trade deadline? Will it be something like what we saw last year where they plug with two or three moves here and there? You know, a bigger move than Robinson Cano, but not a Juan Soto move? Like, is that the route? Or, or is Anthopoulos going to do almost nothing? This team is, you know, 20 games over 500 just about. You could rationalize not doing anything at the trade deadline. I would be disappointed if that were the case, but that could happen. I still think they make a move for like a reliever. I don't. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna redo their outfield like they did last year. Although I would argue, I think you there's there's outfielders expendable here. Yeah, I w- I would argue that outfield really isn't performing outside of Harris. It's definitely performing. They're not. Yeah, they're definitely performing under expectation. So I mean, in my mind. They're not going to win a World Series with, even though they're, tw- like you said, 20 games over 500. They're right there with the Mets. They're not going to win the division or World Series if their outfield finishes the year batting like this. You know what I mean? Right. They they have to get more from these guys. They're so, getting carried by, I mean, Young Handsome, Dansby, those guys. Yeah. Contreras, DH. Right. So it's like your your stars have to show up and play. Like Those guys are making a lot of money. Especially uh, Acuna's on a team-friendly deal, but but I mean, they're the guys that you would think would be the pendulum. Like if they play well, Adam Duvall can't have an OPS in the 600s. He just can't. And this Braves team do well. Like, I mean, maybe if it was just him, but like all those guys at once not playing all that great. Right, it's tough. I think so. Okay, so the Braves 56 and 38, 95.9 percent postseason, 4.5 percent World Series. Here's the thing with having all these outfielders. It's glass half full, glass half empty for Brian Snicker. You can say that you have a lot of depth out there, but you're also forcing Brian Snicker's hand every night. He's got to make the right choice between Ozuna, Duvall, Contreras at the DH, Eddie Rosario starting to swing the thing. You can't take Mike Harris out. You you are not going to sit Ronnie Acuna too often. That's not necessarily a good thing yeah. because you can oftentimes make the wrong choice. And again, with the DH, the bench is not nearly as important. Yeah, You don't have to worry about the depth as much. Well, also, Contreras is kind of forcing his hand. Like He's got he's to keep Contreras' bat in that lineup. You know what I mean? Have to. Have to. Yeah. Um, I mean, until somebody makes him 
you know, think yeah. otherwise. Like a Rosario, if he starts hitting like a 900 OPS like he had last year, somebody like that. Uh, but the thing is, you can't trade guys that are playing bad and expect to get good things back. Exactly. So Eddie Rosario starting to heat up. Would he be the one you move? But he's a lefty bat. I would think it would be between Duvall and Ozuna. Good luck getting anyone to take Ozuna's contract. Duvall, if you send him out and Rosario gets hurt or Ozuna gets hurt, you could be in trouble. But that might be a place you could look to trade for a reliever or for something else instead of trading prospects. The Braves have like the 21st ranked prospect system. Yeah, It's not what it once was, which is a good thing. That means they're all coming up and playing well. So that's question number two, I think. What does Anthopolis do before the deadline? And then the final one that's looming over and it matters a great deal is what will the role be for Spencer Strider? And I think it's the chicken or the egg. You have to either answer that and then respond <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. in I the trade market. Yeah, I see what you're getting. It's so, it's so important that this team, this team especially has a good bullpen. And we saw it last yes. year. It's so important. Uh, they don't have the guys that'll go seven, eight innings. You know what I mean? Even their best guys, like Max, a lot of times he'll run up like a ninety-five pitch count in like the fifth inning. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that tends to be normal for him. Um, and whenever he gets to seven innings, it feels like, damn, he had an outing. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, so, so Strider's at seventy-four innings, and again, the the that's twenty innings short of his career high, which yeah. was last year. I think I personally want him in the bullpen. I think so. Okay, but would you? Do that. Put him in the bullpen prior to acquiring anyone else or prior to Soroka. Like, he'll reach his career innings before Yates comes back, before Soroka comes back, likely before any trades are made. Yeah. No, I I, I think, like you said, the chicken before the egg thing, I I think if you got to make that decision now, and if you're not going to get a reliever in in the trade market, you have to put him in the bullpen. Do you think they already know their decision? Yeah. Do you think Strider? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think Strider already knows? Well, I mean, I'm sure they're sitting back and they're like, "Let's see if a, a pitcher goes down." You know what I mean? Like, if if a starter gets hurt, you almost have to start him, right? Like, for sure. So, but what if you acquire a starter? Say you go get Luis Castillo from the Reds. I mean, that makes a lot more sense. I I, I would feel like it's way easier to get a reliever than a starter. Like you would you would give up way less. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think Castillo would cost them that much. Um, I will say this, like, I don't think Ian Anderson's untouchable here um, Yeah, c- leading up to the trade deadline. I don't want to see him get traded because I just love his ball sack in the playoffs. <laughs> Pause us. Uh, I don't want to see that, but I know that his performance is not equal to the way that the league views him. Yeah. He has a higher, you know, he's thought of higher than what he actually is. He has been yeah. this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for good measure, like the guy has performed every single time. Even when the Braves got trounced against the Dodgers, you know, in that, uh, what was it, 2020 when they lost in game yeah. seven? Yeah, yeah, Ian Anderson was still really good. Yeah. So I don't think he's off limits. It would make sense, man. It would just suck to see him go and become like somebody's ace at some point. You know what I mean? I don't think he's that guy. Yeah. But, I mean, he still definitely has that potential. And he's still young, man. I don't know. Like, he's a homegrown guy. The Braves like to keep those kind of guys. I don't think he's going anywhere, personally. Um, he's got 10 starts, 74 innings, 4-3 and three, uh, with a 3.04 ERA. 
So I think those three questions, again, I wrote about it in my Connect column this week, those three questions facing the Braves and Anthopolis. Um, and then the big, like, you're playing the Mets five times in four days in early August. That'll be a real key to how the second half starts. If you had to bet, do you think they make a trade that shakes up the roster a little bit before the deadline? Or do you think they basically stand pat? If I had, if I was a gambling man, I would say that there is at least one player on the Braves major league roster, if not multiple, that will be dealt on the major league roster. Yeah, that's wild, man. Any other league, they're sitting. Any other league, they stand pat. They're yeah. two and a half games back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I don't think the Mets are going anywhere, bro. I don't think the Mets are going anywhere. But I've been wrong about that several times. Yeah. I mean, also, the Braves have plenty of games left against them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah. They can make that two and a half just by playing them. And then we'll you see, just man. have to continue beating up on the Marlins and the yeah. Nationals and, and take care of business there. Because even if you're, like, say you go two and three against the Mets the first five out, that's serviceable. That's fine. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I guess that's it for... It was just so intimidating facing Scherzer, bro. Yeah. It's tough, man. And DeGrom's back, yeah. by the way, Yeah. after the All-Star for, break. You know, we'll see how long that lasts. Don't say that. I mean, he's a nice guy. I don't want him to get hurt. He's on my fantasy team. Yeah. He just always gets hurt. So it's like. He does. Um, All right. Well, that's enough for the Braves. Let's talk John Carr, the best realtor in the world. John Carr, our guy, a sponsor here on the Hot Grits podcast, and your go-to guy for realty in Savannah. Call or text him today if you're looking to buy or sell. 912-228-0916. 912-228-0916. He's with Seaport Real Estate over at 7505 Waters Avenue. Um, he can help you learn more about the market. If you don't want to put your house on sale yet, you just want to learn what's available, what your options are. Same for if you're buying. John's your guy. He was born here, raised here, knows the area like the back of his hand. And I think Spencer and I both agree, top three nicest people all time. Yeah. Also just spanks us on the golf course every time we play. Yeah, but we beat his ass in the top four draft. Yes, we did. Frosty the Snowman? Yeah. Come on, Johnny. Call him or text him if you're looking to buy or sell. 912-228-0916. John Carr Realtor, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well. Spencer, your boy LeBron went to the Drew League this weekend. That was actually cool to see. Went to play some hoop. That was cool. I like it when they do stuff like that, dude. Of course, Kyrie said he was going. Yeah. Did not go. The whole gym is waiting on Kyrie. And, yeah. and I wanted to be like, well, wh- like this is on. It would be, it would have been weird if he showed up. Yeah. It's not weird that he bailed. It would have been weird that he showed up. This dude, man, this friggin' dude. I, I can't remember a harder fall from grace. You like a few short years ago, he was doing, he was, a, he made a movie, dude. He was uncle drew in that. Like they made a whole movie. Out of his successful ad campaign. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. And it and was, was awesome. Kind of funny. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it wasn't like a good movie, but oh, like, no, no, no. as athlete movies go, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. And I like, it was definitely a funny ad campaign and it was like creative and he killed it. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was that dude. And had one oh, of the my. most famous shots of all time in yeah. the NBA finals. And then he started Just, talking about the earth being flat. Dinosaurs never existed. Um, still doing his research on the COVID vax. Oh my God. Dude. All of this. So even in the Drew League, LeBron and Kyrie cannot reunite in Los Angeles. So we know that that won't happen. DeMar DeRozan was there too. 
Did you watch any of the stream? I I watched I watched a little bit of the highlights. I didn't watch the stream. It looked like Demar Derozan was struggling. I don't know bit. if you had like pro highlights, but the stream was on the NBA app, and it was literally it looked like a guy having had a camera in his jacket, like bootleg filming a movie. <laughs> That's what it was. Like, yeah. It was unwatchable. And then like <laughs> the play would move to the other end of the court, and the camera the camera phone would just be like flashing back and <laughs> forth, just like moving. Felt like I was watching Cloverfield. It was brutal. Um, so LeBron back in the news. Can't get enough of himself. Uh, all right. Moving on, Spencer. What do you want to do? College football? Yeah, let's talk media day, dude. I, you, College football's back. You are I knew you were gonna say this. such a media day guy. Dude. I knew you were going to say this. <laughs> You're such a media day guy. So I wanted to give you the platform and just like let you talk for a minute because like you even put it on the dock. I would never, not that I would put anything on the dock, but I would never walk in here and be like, Let's talk SEC Media Day. Okay. Dude, I'm really excited for it. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to let you talk, okay? Lots of responses from that. A, we are a sports podcast in the Deep South. I know, but they're College not playing. They're not playing. It's just... Am I the only one talking about SEC Media Day? No, it's all no, over the place. I know, dude, but snooze fest. It's just coaches up there talking. Okay, yeah, I, I hear that, and I'm not watching any of it. Yeah. But I'm tracking what's being said because it's so funny. It's like high school drama. I know. The, the, well, they're doing that on purpose so that guys like you eat it up. No, they're doing it so guys who are 17 years old in a classroom somewhere that's and true. deciding between them. That's true. That's why they're doing it. It's become it. like a WWE, like, I don't know. So like, many great characters yeah. that are all different. Jimbo, Lane Kiffin. Yeah. Like, Kirby Smart is kind of just like not a factor the national championship winning coach <laughs> georgia goes on wednesday but everyone's waiting for i think tuesday nick saban so yeah today when you're as, listening to this, as much as nick saban tries to act like he's not into any of this he just like he's always oh, he's at the real ce- oh yeah 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 oh, he's yeah. right in the center of it dude and, and he'll it, have the coke bottle up there that he will drink while giving an answer yeah in order to take more time to think about what he's going to say classic i think it's a diet coke actually but he's tuesday Okay, let me see if I can interest you in this storyline. The Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban stuff from earlier this summer. That was a big deal, and those were legit fireworks. Those quotes were legit fireworks from both sides because they were calling, Jimbo Fisher at least, was calling Nick Saban out by name. He wasn't saying some coaches, some programs. He was saying Alabama and Nick Saban about paying players. I'm curious to see Saban on Tuesday. Saban started it. Jimbo on Thursday. So Jimbo will have the last word there. You know questions are going to be asked of Saban, and well, I just wonder what kind of response apparently he's going to they, Apparently they buried the hatchet, though, right? Like, they're, they're friends again. They're cool. Yeah. So, I mean. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see when questions get asked. One thing I'm not interested in and that I'm so fucking done with is conference realignment and expansion. We None of the fans have a say at all. They don't do any of it based on anything we want. None of it. And so why would I give a shit what conference any team plays in, including Georgia? Yeah. I don't care. because SEC is going to end up with like 24 teams. Maybe. So it's just yeah, sure. Everyone, everyone's going to play and in the I'm SEC cool with at that. some point. Yeah. And all the people that have takes about what's best for each program and what will work and what will not work, it will always work no matter what because you will tune in Saturday yeah. in the fall to watch your team play. Period. Doesn't matter who they're playing. Like Georgia Southern, for instance. When they play James Madison, there will be as many people at Paulson Stadium as when they pay or as when they play Coastal Carolina 
or Texas State. They don't care. None of these people care. And so like getting all worked up about conference realignment and whatever Greg Sankey, the commissioner, says about conference realignment and the future of the SEC, who gives a shit? I will say this, dude. I mean, if you had your choice, like you would want better opponents and more like competition in general, not for Georgia, but like just in the SEC, you want to see the best teams play each other, right? Like, I feel like I'm just kind of overseeing Kentucky, like cupcake, a cupcake walk through the schedule. And then like people questioning whether, like people questioning whether this Georgia team really was the best team. So, But you're talking up. about only football, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Like it, Kentucky and Vanderbilt don't belong in the SEC anymore. It's not 2000. In football, but yeah. Vanderbilt does. In the SEC, like they are the, like Vanderbilt's the premier baseball program in the country, yeah, bar none, and has been for a long time. Yeah, they're also just, way better than than a lot of schools in basketball. Yeah, but we also know that they Kentucky don't have is to, obviously a brand in basketball. Definitely play per, like play in the SEC in this and something else in this. Like that is possible. We can make that work. Yeah, it's just like college football is so important money wise. Like. Let's get these guys a good schedule, dude. Like, I don't know. I, I don't have strong takes on it either. Do I. But I'm just tired. I, I am tired of seeing Kentucky and Vanderbilt and like those guys in the SEC. It's a joke. And they're never going to win. Like They're never going to win the SEC East or West. Right, right. No chance. So, I don't know. Um, Brian Kelly went on Monday. He's the LSU coach from Notre Dame. I, I'm convinced that nothing I've seen from Brian Kelly so far. And again, they haven't played a game. There's no shot, no shot that Brian Kelly works in Baton Rouge. I just, it feels so wrong and awkward and like the most obscure fit ever. <laughs> doesn't it? Like, yeah. it just doesn't feel right yeah. at all. And it almost, like, everything he says and does, it just feels fake, rehearsed, like he's playing a role. And the guy he's replacing was like really beloved. You know what I mean? Could it so be like, more Baton Rouge than yeah. Ed Orgeron? Yeah. Couldn't be more different than Brian Kelly. Go Tigers. <laughs> that's pretty good. Thanks, man. Um, all right. Well, yeah, so Georgia on Wednesday. That's Stetson Bennett, Spencer's favorite player, Kirby Smart, and then Savannah native Nolan Smith also going to be on the mic there in Atlanta at the uh, college football He's Hall a baller, man. We got to get him on the podcast. Who's that, Nolan Smith? Yeah. Yeah. We should get him on the podcast. Make the call. Um, all right, what else? Anything else? Well, I'm sure he's probably blocked you on Twitter. No, no, he uh, hasn't no. blocked me. Oh, did you see my block yeah. list went up? Yeah. So now we're up to <laughs> at GAS well, always, for life. You're always stirring the pot, dude. I'm a pot stirrer, a proverbial pot stirrer. Uh, I think that's it, right? Yeah, that's it. All right, until episode 125, stay safe. Wash your hands, you filthy animals. Peace.
Check out Rubbin' and Grubbin' today. That's the NASCAR podcast on the Coach's Corner Sports Network. Live on YouTube and the Coach's Corner Facebook channel. Commercial and residential electrical services that you can trust. Braddy Electric is Savannah's number one electrical services for commercial and residentials since 1970. It's family owned and family operated. Reach them today at 912-233-1561 or 1104 East 35th Street. Braddy Electric, that's two Ds, B-R-A-D-D-Y. Five stars on Yelp, five stars on Google reviews, and Savannah's number one electrical servicer since 1970. Call them today, 912-233-1561. 